Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from Him today. So please enjoy. Heavenly Father, we give you praise and glory for the opportunity to receive from you. Father, I avail myself to you as, as your servant. I step into the grace for the call I've received to deliver a message on your faithfulness and how great it is. Father, it's difficult to truly express and declare this, but help, Father, me by the Holy Spirit to convey truth that will impact lives. In Jesus' name, we look to you. Holy Spirit, move upon this body of believers to anoint them to hear and receive truth that can impact their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. I want to start here because this scripture, I can remember uh, the first time I read it, it was something that kind of captured my heart and and something that uh, I actually remembered. Uh, how many times do you read scriptures and you don't always remember what you read, but you know it was a good one. You know it's something that uh, ministered to you in that moment. But it's in Lamentations. It's, it's one of those books that uh, you, know, you may rarely get to. You know, it's one of those like Lamentations. Where is that? Uh, well, right next to Hesitations. No, not really. Um, <laughs> but Lamentations is really uh, a book written by Jeremiah, and he's grieving over the devastation of the culture and the society that he was living in at that time because of sin, wickedness, and disobedience. This was a time of great turmoil for the nation and country uh, of Israel, but yet this was the word that was spoken. In verse 22, Lamentations 3.22, says, The steadfast love, in other translations say, the constant love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I like how that verse ends. Great is your faithfulness. There's something new we can encounter every day in God's mercy. God's mercy is a way he extends and expresses his love towards us. And so we realize that God is extending his mercy every morning. Every morning we can discover something different about God's faithfulness in our lives. And, and, and like I said, most messages that I've heard on faithfulness were directed towards the believer. But today, my primary focus will be directed towards the Lord and the greatness of his faithfulness towards us. A revelation and greater awareness of his faithfulness will result in increased faithfulness in your life. It really will. Romans 3.3, 3, and, and I, I like this passage. This could be troubling to some uh, Romans 3.3 3 reads, you can write that down if you don't have time to turn there. Romans 3.3 3 says, what if some were unfaithful? That's the question, yeah. What if some are unfaithful? Yeah, some are, believe it or not. Uh, does their faithfulness nullify the faithfulness of God? No. Uh, even if there's people that are unfaithful around you, that's not going to nullify God's faithfulness because he will forever remain faithful even when we're not. And, and you talk about commitment in a relationship because we can parallel that to marriage. When you talk about faithfulness in a marriage, you're talking about two people being committed to each other 
and not violating trust and not being dishonest, uh, being committed morally uh, in every way to that other person. And the fidelity of a marriage is, is, is expressed through faithfulness. You're faithful to, the, uh, to that person until you die. I mean, we have a couple here celebrating 50 years. They've been faithful to each other in that relationship. That's, that's a statement. That's a testimony. Uh, so realize that faithfulness has its foundation in trust and loyalty. If you're writing notes, you can take that down. Faithfulness has its foundation in trust and loyalty. Now, I want to address this for a moment. What happens if you feel like you've been let down? If somebody's broken trust or been unfaithful to you? Um, you know, that's the issue. We deal with that. People will always fail us. And some, that's why it's, you know, we trust God, but we have to sometimes be a little cautious in trusting others because over the years I've experienced great broken trust, um, you know, with people that I thought I could trust that violated that trust, and, and, and that's hurtful and painful. But it's, it's one thing for people to let us down. But what if you perceive that God has let you down? And it usually occurs when you were believing God for something and it didn't happen. And so it leaves you in doubt and fear and you question, like, God, I, I believed, I trusted. And it's like, where were you? And, and so that's something that I think humanly we all may go through at one time or another in our life. We see King David experience that. Job definitely um, experienced that. He thought, God, where are you in this? I, I've served you all my life, and now all this junk is happening to me. And so he experienced all that negative stuff, and, but yet in the midst of it all, God was still faithful. And, and I believe when we have a proper revelation of God's faithfulness in our life, then when things go wrong, when trouble comes, you will not get mad at God, you will not break trust in God, but you will tie into God even greater because he's not the problem. He won't fail you. He's promised you that. Even though you may perceive he has failed you, uh, he cannot lie. And he cannot violate his word. So he will not fail you. He will not forsake you or leave you. Um, now, when you have a revelation of God's faithfulness, you will never again accuse him of failing you. In the world today, there's, there's many that are mad at God and blame God for misfortune in their life. And sadly, some of these people consider themselves to be believers. And some may even be in the church. Or some may have just left the church. They forget all this stuff. And, uh, but those are people that God truly loves and cares for, and I believe we need to reach out to. Because there's a lot of hurting people in this world. There's a lot of broken people in this world. And Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to save hurting people. And, and we are advocates. We are God's vessels that he wants to use to extend and demonstrate the love of God, the faithfulness of God to those that we encounter, those we come in contact with. And I, for one, want God to use me to make a difference in this world. And, and, you know, don't give up and say, oh, there's no hope. All you need to do is be willing to be a vessel of God and he can use you in such an extraordinary way. One person can and will make a difference in an evil world where there's all kinds of junk happening. Um, so where is God? How many of you have ever seen that thing, Footprints in the Sand? I mean, I... I 
I, I could read that story, but you probably read it a hundred times. But it's a story about this guy has a dream. And in this dream, he's walking with the Lord. And um, then, uh, you know, at one point, he looks backwards and he sees where there were two sets of footprints and then there's one set of footprints in the most difficult seasons and times of his life. And so he begins to question the Lord. He said, Lord, why weren't you there for me? I only see one set of footprints. Did you leave me? Did you forsake me in the most difficult times and circumstances of my life? And the Lord spoke to him and said, no. When you see one set of footprints, that's when I carried you. And, you know, when you understand that, our perception sometimes can be that God isn't there. Where are you, God? But he is there. He will not abandon you, okay? So just mark that down. Get that right in your thinking, okay? Now, faithfulness is a dominant aspect of God's character. It's a relational character trait. So what does faithfulness in a relationship mean to you? I really believe it means staying true and committed to someone. And you need to understand that God is true and committed to you. Uh, faithfulness, like other spiritual fruit in us, is, a primary, is primarily uh, a significant aspect of the character and nature of God. So faithfulness is a primary and significant aspect of the character of God. And so what, what's interesting is, is when we identify certain character to it, I can say it out, say, oh, Pastor Madden is in Pettamese. Some people ask me, what's your accent? Um, well, it's in Pettamese. I grew up with a speech impediment. That's why I questioned God when he called me to preach. I said, Lord, um, I'm, I'm kind of like Moses. I kind of like, you know, I have the speech impediment. I, I don't know, Lord, if you really know what you're doing. But um, so anytime you hear me do that, just, just pray for me. Oh, well, that's, it helps remind me what God brought me from. And yeah. Anyway, so what was I saying? <laughs> yes, uh, faithfulness is primarily a significant aspect of the character and nature of God. And whatever is part of God's nature, because when we're born of him, that becomes part of our nature. So we take on those attributes. Why? Because we're created in the image and likeness of God. And, and that creation has to do with character as well as uh, you know, physical attributes or things like that and being created as an image and likeness. Galatians 5.22, write that down. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. So the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. And, and so one of those attributes is his faithfulness experience expressed in you and through you, okay? Now, God's faithfulness is three things, and I'm going to share this with you as we continue to share. His faithfulness is unfailing, it's infinite, and it's beyond compare. His faithfulness is unfailing, it's infinite, and it's beyond compare. Uh, it's unfailing because Psalms 89.3, and you can write these passages down. I'm going to share a number of passages. You may not be able to flip to them all, but if you write them down, you can check them out later, okay? Uh, God's faithfulness is unfailing because Psalms 89.33 says, I will not withdraw my faithful love from him or betray my faithfulness. Now, that was a word that God spoke to King David. 
you know, as the leader of Israel, when he, he felt like everything was going south on him. But God made that promise. And that promise is something that you and I can embrace in our life. God's faithfulness is unfailing. His faithfulness is infinite. It's infinite. Psalms 57.10 says, Your constant love reaches the heavens. Your faithfulness touches the skies. I like that because even when you're flying in the 747 up in the air somewhere, God's faithfulness is there. You can't get beyond his faithfulness because it's far-reaching. His faithfulness is far-reaching and, and beyond measure. His faithfulness is beyond measure. Psalms 89.8, it says, Lord God Almighty, none is as mighty as you. In all things, you are faithful, O Lord, in all things. You know, most believers at some point in their life have questioned or doubted God's faithfulness. As I said, David questioned God's faithfulness. Certainly Job did. Yet he remains faithful even in the darkest moments of our life. In 2 Timothy 2.13, the scripture says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. And even when it seems, I like that passage because even when I'm at a point where I don't think I have faith, I, you know, and faith is simply believing ability, I'm full of doubt, fear, and all that stuff, God will still remain faithful to me, even when I'm not. And, and the scripture goes on to say in 2 Timothy 2.13, for he cannot deny himself. He can't deny himself of being faithful because that's an attribute that is significant about him. Now, King David, the king of Israel, had possibly the greatest revelation of God and his faithfulness, the greatest revelation of God's faithfulness, because he wrote about it in, in many of the Psalms. And we, we see, uh, in fact, more than other biblical figures, Abraham, too, experienced God's faithfulness to give him a promised son. Throughout the Bible, there are countless examples of God's faithfulness in the lives of people. In Psalms 115.1, and you can turn to that one if you want. Psalms 15.1, it says, To you alone, O Lord, to you alone, and not to us, must glory be given because of your constant love and faithfulness. In other words, let's divert the glory and the honor to God in his faithfulness. Uh, and so, sometimes people can focus on their own self-righteousness, like, well, I've been doing pretty good. I've been real faithful here. But that's not what this is talking about. This is shifting the focus totally on God, God's faithfulness to you. And, and when you do that, and when it becomes a revelation that God is faithful, that will impact your life. Now, God's love, and you can write this down, God's love and faithfulness is inseparable. You can't separate the two. His love is proven, tested, and demonstrated and revealed by his faithfulness. Um, I'll, I'll share it again because some, I saw some of you trying to write that down and, and, and I, um, you just lost me there. I lost you. Anyway, God's love and faithfulness is inseparable. His love is proven, tested, demonstrated, and revealed by and through his faithfulness. You know, and I personally believe you probably heard me share this many times. The greatest 
transforming revelation that will impact your life is to have a revelation of the love of God. You will never be the same. When you encounter the love of God, you will never be the same. Because when you encounter the love of God, you receive forgiveness. When you encounter the love of God, you can be born of his spirit. You can receive his nature. When you encounter the love of God, it is transforming. Addictions fail. Bondages break. Sin is destroyed. I mean, the love of God. And what's interesting, in First John it says, God is love. He is love. That's the essence of who he is. Wow. Are you with me? Okay. Let's, let's share a couple of scriptures, and we're going to transition here to communion. Psalms 117.2. It says, His love for us is strong, and his faithfulness is eternal. I love that. His love for us is strong, and his faithfulness is eternal. Now, dropping down, uh, actually going back to Psalm 111, verse 7, it's interesting to understand this attribute also of God's faithfulness. It says, in all he does, he is faithful and just, and all his commands are dependable. So in everything he does, he's faithful and just. That, that's so interwined with who he is. And so one of the things we need to do, and we've been talking about the renewing of the mind, we need to renew our mind on God's faithfulness. In other words, get our thinking to conform with what God's word says about his faithfulness. Because we understand that God's faithfulness will cultivate faithfulness in us. Uh, from revelation to reciprocation. Uh, you reciprocate um, when you return a favor, when you return a compliment, or respond the same to you, like the angry guy in traffic that just passes you. You want to reciprocate in anger, don't you? Yeah, not love at that moment. But when we experience and encounter God's faithfulness, we reciprocate that back to him. And that's when you have that revelation, it becomes that reciprocation. Uh, actually, the word reciprocate comes from the Latin verb reciprocare, meaning to move back and forth. So it's, it's the cycle. Now, have you heard the saying, you are what you eat? You are what you eat, okay. I got a verse for you today about that, okay. Psalm 37.3. Now, you better look this up. This is the uh, New King James Version. New King James Version says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. See, we need to sit down and just feast on his faithfulness. Amen? Just feed on it. Feed on it. Feed on it. Eat it up. The whole thing. Um, Michaela dropped crew at our house. That's our grandson this morning. And uh, she gave me instructions because she was going to get here and had some things to do here at the church, getting ready for service. And so, Grandpa and Grandma, we get crew for a, a few moments there before church. And she said, um, I got some yogurt in there. You can give him the yogurt. And so I went to task right away, sat him down, and he ate the whole thing. He just ate it up. <laughs> I mean, and, and then Michaela said, well, did you feed him or did he feed himself? Uh, got me there, I fed him. But, <laughs> but he ate it up. Yeah, so anyway, 
that has nothing to do with the message, but it's... <laughs> but feed on his faithfulness. See, there is a relational aspect of being faithful and unfaithful. But a revelation of his faithful love will change your perception of your circumstance. When you understand that God is faithful, when you encounter a negative circumstance, your perception of that will be different. You will see it differently in the eyes of the faithfulness of God. And um, so, oh, I got so much more to share, but uh, the Bible is so full of encouragement. I'm going to just give you some scriptures. You can write these down, and I'm going to read a few on his faithfulness. And then I encourage you to do your own study. Uh, Psalms 31.5, I place myself in your care. You will save me, Lord. You are a faithful God. Place yourself in his care. That's an act. That's a decision on your part. Psalms 100 verse 5, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations, including this one. And then 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful by whom you were called into fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful, 1 Corinthians 1.9. 1 Corinthians 10.13, if you're battling temptation, it says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Then 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, we need to make known his faithful love. And as we transition into communion uh, right now, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And I want you to turn to Isaiah 63, verse 7, because one of the assignments and the rules we have as believers is we need to make his faithfulness known. And, And what I want to see in this church, I want to see a dynamic of us encouraging each other with God's faithfulness and just how great it is. And so we need to make it known. We need to make known his faithfulness. And we see that in Isaiah 63, verse 7. If you have your place there, Isaiah 63, verse 7. It says, I will make known the Lord's faithful love and the Lord's praiseworthy acts because of all the Lord has done for us. Even the many good things he has done for the house of Israel, he has done them based on his compassion and the abundance of his faithful love. Wow. I mean, we we could spend the whole time talking about that verse right there. So we need to, oh, I think I have the, that's the different translation of the Holman Christian Study Bible is what I read it through, but it says the same thing, just a little bit different way. Steadfast love would be constant love or faithful love. And the abundance of his steadfast love or his faithful love in, in the Holman Christian Study Bible. So God is faithful to forgive sins, to keep his promises. A promise I love is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4.19. My God shall meet and supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Deuteronomy 7, 9, remember that the Lord your God is the only God and that he is faithful. He will keep his covenant 
and show his constant love to a thousand generations who love him and obey his commands. You cannot separate God's love from his faithfulness. As we transition to communion, I believe it's important to partake of communion that you have a personal relationship with him because this is a a celebration of the saints, believers that have made commitments of their life to Jesus and his lordship. So I want to extend an invitation to you. If you're here, you say, Pastor, I'm not sure that my life is really right with God. I really haven't fully surrendered and submitted myself to his lordship. I've not embraced him as my Lord and Savior. I've not made a commitment to live my life for him. I want you just to take a moment and bow your heads at this time. If you're here and you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I know that my life is not right with God, but I want it to be. I'm willing in this very moment to make peace with God. If that's you, just slip up your hand while no one's looking around. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, you can put your hands down. I'm going to pray this prayer, and I call it a believer's prayer. And it's simply a prayer that allows you to acknowledge Jesus and put your faith in him to receive him as the Lord of your life. And and maybe for you, today is a recommitment of your life to Jesus because you've strayed and, and you've drifted and now you're willing to come back to that place where you're at peace with God and everything is right because that's what he wants for you. He wants you to be at peace with him. So repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. I acknowledge that you sent Jesus into this world to die for my sins. Lord Jesus, I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you to be my Lord and my Savior. I believe in my heart that you died for me. And I confess with my mouth that you rose from the dead to give me life. Lord Jesus, I commit my life to you. I declare you to be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time sincerely, it doesn't hurt to pray. If you pray that a thousand times, it's renewing that truth that you have surrendered and submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that he truly is your Lord, your personal Lord and Savior. And according to the scripture, that allows you to be transformed from the inside out, to become a new creature in Christ where all things pass away and all things become new, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17. So now with that, if you pray that sincerely, we're going to take hold of the elements. And you have before you um, the elements. There's two tabs. I'm going to ask that you pull back the first tab, and there's a little wafer there. And before we partake of this wafer,
I want to share a little bit about communion. Communion was a time where Jesus gathered his disciples together to set and institute something that following generations would participate in. Communion is a call to remembrance where we remember what he did for us. Communion is acknowledging that we are in Christ and Christ is in us. Communion is recognizing that as fellow believers, we are part of one body. In other words, we are family. We're united in Christ. We have been born again and have been become part of the family of God. We share together an inheritance. We share rights and privileges as believers. We have been given authority over all the power of the enemy. As members of the body of Christ, together we are strong, united, and can conquer any foe because of the love and the life of God that's in us. And communion is simply remembering what Jesus did for us on the cross. The Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, talked about it. And, and on that day, in recalling what Jesus spoke to his disciples, he took the bread and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. It's broken for you. It was his sacrifice that brought freedom in our life. He paid the price for you. And today, as we partake of, of this bread, we're celebrating that we're one in Christ, that Jesus paid the price. And in this celebration, there's healing, there's wholeness that can come. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can participate together as a body of believers to celebrate your death and resurrection, your sacrifice for us on the cross, which brought forgiveness of sins, healing and deliverance, and united us to be one with you and one with each other. Father, as we partake of this bread, let healing come. Where there's brokenness, where there's confusion, where there's devastation, let healing come. Do a work of restoration in our lives. In Jesus' name, let's partake of the bread together. back the next time Jesus at the last supper he took the cup and he said this is the new covenant in my blood he said as often as you drink this you do this in remembrance of me with communion all generations shall remember him and honor him in Psalms 92 verses 1 and 2 it says how good it is to give thanks to you O Lord to sing to you in honor, in your honor, O, my, o Most High God. To proclaim your constant love every morning and your faithfulness every night. It's a time of remembrance. Father, we thank you for this cup. We thank you that the shed blood of Jesus is what brought forgiveness in our life. 
And this cup represents forgiveness. Not only forgiveness that we receive from you because of our sins and from our sins, but forgiveness that we freely give to others that have offended us. Father, let your love abound in us to not only receive forgiveness, but also release forgiveness towards those who have wronged us. In Jesus' name, we acknowledge you as the one who bore our sins. Thank you for forgiving us. Let's partake together. There's buckets at the end of each row to dispose. Uh, They use communion cups uh, when we leave. What I... I want to share one last passage. It's 1 Thessalonians 5, 23-25. This is my word of proclamation over you as a church body and that we're going to worship. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. I want to emphasize that. He who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Thank you so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day.